Hallelujah. It's good to worship the Lord, and we're gonna, we have the opportunity to worship Him forever. And uh, I don't know about you, but I plan to worship Him forever. Uh, when you uh, begin to realize how good God is, how much He loves you, how much He's done for you, how much He made a path in the wilderness and caused springs of water uh, to come where it was desert land, uh, you just begin to count your blessings and you begin to name them out with your mouth and declare them. Yeah. Uh, you begin to realize how awesome God is, how good God is. And you're like, uh, I love worshiping him. And, uh, you know, Romans 12:1 actually says that uh, to offer your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service or one translation says, which is your spiritual act of worship. Mm -hmm. He says, by the mercies of God, in view of God's mercies. In other words, uh, over in the previous chapter, I think chapter 11, he said that, you know, I have been merciful upon the Gentiles or those that were apart from God uh, so that I could be merciful to the Jews. Uh, and so that because the Jews were struggling and their hearts were hardened, they'd hardened their hearts and uh, they weren't turning to the Lord. He said, well, you know what? I, I love, uh, you know, uh, the Jewish people and they're my people. And so I'm gonna bring in the Gentiles and in bringing in the Gentiles, I'm showing the Gentiles mercy. But in showing mercy to the Gentiles, I'm also showing mercy uh, to the Hebrew children, to the Jews. And so, you know, and then he said, uh, you know, don't let it, don't, if you're a, a Gentile and you were brought in, uh, don't just be like, well, I'm better than the, than the Jewish people. Um, because no, God had mercy on you and just like he had mercy on them. And if they turned away uh, with a, a hardened heart or heart of unbelief uh, and, and were, were uh, you know, taken out of the vine, don't you think that if you, you know, don't connect with God by faith that you won't be taken out of the vine? And so uh, the point is, he said that he basically, uh, I don't remember the word he used, but uh, put all under sin or concluded, that's what, that was it, thank you, Lord, concluded all under sin that he might be merciful unto all. And then right in the very next chapter, verse 1 of chapter 12, in view, therefore, in view of God's mercies, offer your bodies to God a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to him which is your uh, spiritual act of worship and don't be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind yeah. that you may test and prove what is the good pleasing and perfect will of God the will of God for your life and for my life is a good plan and it is well pleasing to God and it is perfect. It is the perfect plan. In other words, you'll come to the fullness of life and the plan of God uh, and the satisfaction for, of fulfilling that plan uh, when we don't let ourselves be conformed to the world but be transformed. So if you, if you try to please the world or the system of the world, you'll find all of a sudden you're being contorted and conformed into something that you're not pleased with, that your spirit is not satisfied with and is not the will of God for you. But if you let the word of God gain entrance into your heart or your spirit, your heart is your spirit, gain entrance into your heart, you'll find that there is such a transformation. Uh, the Greek word for that actually is the same root word as the root word for the English word metamorphosis. Mm -hmm. That there is a 
complete and total transformation of the of that being uh, of that creature uh, by the renewing of the mind and so it is a tremendous uh, blessing that God sent his word and healed us and delivered us so that we could actually be totally transformed and wouldn't be conformed to the world as we feed upon his word and act upon his word and that's really what we're talking about in this series shameless life that uh, we don't need to live a life that is dominated by shame and you, well, you might say like well I'm not dominated by shame uh, certainly I don't have shame well some people that are the boldest about saying that are the most uh, shame filled people because really uh, you know you could have a lot of shame and try to cover it up by being really bold and uh, brassy and you know oh you do this you do that well that, that's not just because someone is um, maybe a type A personality no it's we're not talking about really personalities uh, because your God-given personality is awesome but what happens is uh, living in the world uh, and not having your mind renewed you could unconsciously find yourself being conformed to the way the world does things and for example the way the world gets ahead is I'm gonna step on you on my way up the ladder I'm gonna I'm gonna make you look bad in front of somebody else so that I look better well uh, that's con confirmation or conforming yourself to the world because that actually is not a reality and that is not a truth it doesn't even work that way uh, you may fool people that are people of the world system for a short period of time uh, but that's not actually the way up Jesus said uh, the real way up is down uh, let him that would be exalted first humble himself and so we come under the mighty hand of God knowing his hand is mighty his strong his hand is strong and he sees everything and he knows everything and I'm not just in a hidden corner that God doesn't know what's happening no God sees and he knows your um, your walk of godly character uh, that when you choose not to just let your flesh or your body do or say whatever it wants to do or say but that you offer your body uh, you know a living sacrifice in other words uh, think about that for a second we're not talking about like kill your body and then offer to sacrifice no he said offer your bodies in view of the mercy of God that God's not holding your sins against you that God's not counting them up that God's not dealing with you according to uh, the bad things you've done that is awesome but he deals you with you according to the good things that Christ did and so wow uh, God is amazing and he is awesome and he is merciful and when we think about that we ought to offer our bodies to him a living sacrifice holy that means set apart for the use of God right set apart offer our bodies set apart for God's use and acceptable to him it's acceptable to him even your body is acceptable to him and so we're saying Lord here I am I'm here to serve you I'm not here to serve myself I I think one of my most favorite verses in is in Philippians chapter 2 I believe it's verse 10 where Paul talked about Timothy his son in the faith and he said I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state all men seek their own not the things which are Jesus Christ's well uh, the only way to not do that is to live out of uh, uh, yielded to and conscious of 
your union with Christ. Mm -hmm. In other words, who you've been made in Christ Jesus, that'll set you free uh, from the law of sin and death. Let's turn over real quickly uh, to Romans chapter six. Uh, I believe we left off there uh, a little bit last week. And I'm gonna read verse nine and 10. Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dies no more, death has no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once. And in that he lives, he lives unto God. I'm gonna read that in NTMS translation, just verse 10 right there. Um, Uh, excuse me, uh, I'm going to read Romans 9.33 in NTMS translation. They struck their foot against the stone which lay in their way in agreement with the statement of Scripture. See, I am placing in Mount Zion a stone for people to stumble at and a rock for them to trip over. Yet he whose faith rests upon it shall never have reason to feel ashamed. Mm. Now our main Scripture text for this whole... Um, study in this whole series is uh, 2 Corinthians 4.18, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. But the things which are seen, because the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So we're not looking at the temporary things. We're not looking at, I got to have this now, or I want this now, or uh, you know, uh, uh, this has to be mine right now. But we're looking at the eternal. So our perspective is not just for a moment, but our perspective should be forever. And so when we look at forever, we look at eternity, we look into the realm of God where God is. And actually, the, this realm, the earth realm, is subject to change. That's what temporal or temporary means, that what you see, what you experience, is subject to change. And if you've been around very long, you know that. Uh, things change, and things have can change. So much so that the things that we see were created from the eternal realm by things you cannot see. God said, let there be light, and it was, and there was light, right? And so uh, God created the worlds with his words. And um, we look not at the things which are seen, which are, but the things which are not seen, because the things which are not seen are eternal, but the things that we see, they're temporary. Now let's go up to verse one. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, Listen to this again. As we have received mercy, as we have received mercy, we faint not. In other words, if you are fainting and failing and getting exhausted and worn out and I don't know if I can do this anymore and this is such a tough life of faith, well, uh, I just want to tell you that's not faith because we're going to look at it here in a couple minutes. He that believes... Hebrews chapter 4 says, has entered into rest. What is believing? But acting in faith. And so if you act in faith, you enter into a rest that's not even like a natural rest of a natural person. But as you enter into the rest of God, the same rest that he entered to after six days when he created the heavens and the earth and the sea and man and everything in them, right? Uh, and on the seventh day he rested and the kind of rest that God has entered into, that is the rest that Jesus came and made a way for us to enter into. So in other words, you're not trying 
to make this happen or you're not trying to make people like you or to be acceptable to other people or you're not trying to pretend like you're perfect and that you don't have faults and failures so that people will like you no when you believe God all that stuff loses its ground in your life and it slips away and and you're set free from it uh, when you know the truth uh, then you're really his uh, imitators or his disciples and the truth that truth will set you free or make you free if you continue in it so sometimes we begin the right way we turn our hearts to the Lord uh, we turn away from ourselves and what we could do we turn to him but then uh, we have not been transformed by the renewing of our mind sufficiently enough that we stay connected in our consciousness, in our actions to Him. So then we begin being conformed to the world and the world is self-centered and selfish and tries to do its own thing to make its own path in life. And, and uh, you can't trust anybody else. If it's gonna be done, you have to do it. You know, well, that's true maybe of humans, uh, but it is not true of God Himself. And many times He uses humans uh, to bless you, to speak a word in season to you, you, to get you the, the seed that you need, uh, to get you the, the direction that you need. He'll anoint someone. He'll, he'll say, uh, move upon his children and say, bless this one. Speak a word to them. Uh, call them up. Uh, give them money. Uh, help them out. Uh, come and watch their children, right? So the Lord works through His body. We are a part of His body. We are members of Jesus Christ. Uh, and so as we yield to Him, He can use His members uh, to accomplish His plan and His purpose for His family and to reach his estranged family, which is the world that has not yet received Jesus, uh, but he paid the price for them to come in. And so, um, verse two, but we have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, or literally the margin of my Bible says shame. We've renounced them. In other words, no, I'm not living in that way anymore. I'm not letting that dominate me. I I'm not going that direction. Why? Because God has set me free. And so, um, the voice of shame echoes sometimes in your mind and it echoes that you are not adequate. It echoes that you are not worthy. It echoes that you are dishonorable. It echoes uh, words and, and images of regret. And it echoes, uh, you know, that you're disconnected from God and, and, and disconnected from people. And um, it tries to hide and, and cover up and, you know, says like, I don't want you to see who I really am. You see this in Adam and Eve in the garden when they sinned. And uh, when they sinned, what God said came to pass, they died on the inside. And that even that death on the inside began death on the outside. So they begin to age as a death-doomed human. And, and where before their life was renewed and, and refreshed and restored continually. Well now, uh, by this decision to um, walk or believe the words of the enemy more than the words of God, they made that choice. The God had told them the truth, yet the enemy told them a deception. 
and when he told them the deception uh, they chose because they they liked the sound really of well you can be like God so pride started to slip in because the enemy is full of pride and he carries pride with him and his words are full of pride and so mm -hmm. if we yield to and listen to his thoughts uh, we will begin to have thoughts of pride that will lift ourself above others. And uh, Satan tempted Adam and Eve and said, you'll be like God. He just, he, he questioned even God's motives and said, well, the reason that God is telling you that, don't eat that tree, is because he knows in the day that you eat it, you'll be like him. So he's competitive and he doesn't want you like him and he's holding back on you and his intentions are wrong and you know he's questioning the very motives of God and you'll find um, when you yourself or someone else yields to the enemy uh, you'll begin to or they will begin to question the motives of people who are actually yielded to the Lord uh, because the enemy is trying to get you away from the Lord and away from people that are yield to him so that he can have the influence on you and he can have his way in your life but God said you know what I see that you've made coverings that you're conscious that you have messed up and missed it but I'm gonna make you a covering and it is gonna come by the shedding of blood and so he made then coverings of animal skins that uh, an animal had to give up its life. Life had to be given up for a covering of their sin. And of course that's a, a type and a shadow, an image of what Christ would do, but also of the sacrifice, the first sacrifice that we read of in the Word, that, that life had to be given up so that blood uh, could cover those sins. And in the New Testament, when Jesus came, his blood doesn't just cover, but it actually removes the sin uh, from our lives. Over in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14, says, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he himself likewise took part of the same, so in other words, he took part of flesh and blood that through death he might destroy him that had power over death. That is the devil. So you see, uh, Christ himself uh, was a partaker of flesh and blood that, that divinity or God himself was clothed and forever united to human flesh, to humanity, that he could take dominion over every weakness of the flesh. Even the fact that the flesh was doomed to death, he came and said, I'm taking this on and I'm even gonna take that death on. Why? So that in every point I can conquer that death, that that will no longer dominate my children. <laughs> this is good news. And so he took on flesh that he could take on death, uh, the ultimate uh, victory that the devil 
thought he had forever won, but the devil did not look and have an eternal perspective. He had a just here and now perspective, but God had an eternal perspective. So much so is this true that the Bible says that the enemy never would have crucified the Lord of glory if he knew what happened. He thought, I've got him now and I've got them now. And just like I know, I am bigger than God and better than God and I beat God and you know, he, he doesn't know what he's doing. I know what I'm doing. He's so puffed up and full of pride trying to show himself big when he's actually little and puny. Uh, but man, when Jesus rose from the dead, it ripped the power of the enemy, ripped the power of death. It, he destroyed the power of sin consciousness that not only were your sins covered, not only, but your sins were actually expunged or forever removed. And not only were they removed, that, but Hebrews tells us that the blood of Jesus takes away the very consciousness consciousness of sin, that you don't have to live your life thinking, oh, I messed up. Well, I'll never be able to forgive myself. I'll never be able to get over with that. Or, you know, because people um, ignored me or my parents didn't care for me or my parents, you know, hurt me, you know, I'll never be able to forgive them. No, we can forgive even as God forgives. And those things that were done to you or that happened to you, the blood of Jesus he died, he took those things on himself, the receiving of those things and the action that was done to you to cause those things, he took that. And it's not that you were not loved. God saw you and he loved you. And before you were ever in that position, he made a way of escape. And he made a perfect plan for your life that's good and not evil to give you a hope and a future and to set you free from the plan of the enemy that maybe people very close to you were used of the enemy to hurt you and to harm you but he showed his love uh, for you and to you through Jesus Christ so that sin would no longer be able to dominate you but that you would be set free by the power of the loving act of the shedding of the blood of Jesus Christ. So you don't have to try to prove to anybody that you're special, and you don't have to try to prove to anybody that your life has value. Because I know, and more importantly than me, God knows, the value of your life shows up and the price that was paid for you. And that price that was paid for you was the life of God's only son. And he has always loved you and he will always love you and he will never turn away from you. So, receive today the love of God. 1 John says, 1 John chapter 4 says that perfect love casts out all fear and that fear has torment and that he that fears is not made perfect in love. But Jesus died because he loves you and he doesn't want fear and to dominate you and he doesn't want you to be tormented. 
And the things that happen to you, they're not his will and not his plan. They actually grieve him. And so he came to set you free from that. He came that that, that thing, uh, that memory, would just be like Isaiah says, Isaiah 26, that it's just like a powerless ghost, that it no longer has a place in your life. And the, the, the powerless ghost, like you could, you could maybe try to think of it and a hint of the image of it would be there, but it would be void of any power because you have actually received the love of God. And that love that he has for you and towards you and has put in you will set you free from the past, the fear of the past, and the future, the fear of the future, and the here and now, the fear of the here and now. Maybe you're out there and you're listening and, and you're, you're, you're just like, you know, life has not turned out to be what I thought it would be. I really thought things would be different at this point in my life. You look at your life and maybe whatever age you are and you're, you're kind of like, it's not what I expected. Maybe you've been a, a, in a church your whole life, as long as you can remember. Maybe you haven't. Maybe you've been, never been in a church. Maybe you're just watching this. You just came upon this, upon this by accident. You know how awesome God is? He knows you wherever you're at and wherever you've been. And if you've been in church your whole life, that doesn't mean that you've ever been a part of the family of God. Because you can go to a church, but that doesn't mean that you're part of God, that you've been born again. And um, the life of trusting God, where you turn your life over to Him and you receive His Son as Lord and Savior, is a life of reality. It is not a life of trying to be this and trying to do that. It's actually a life where you enter into the completion of all of the work that God has done to bring you to Himself. And you live your life from that place. And that is a place of complete freedom that really, no matter what any person says about you, it doesn't have the effect on you uh, that it has on others when you live conscious of what God has said about you. That is, he, he said that I, you are my child and I love you and I have paid the price for you. Hebrews chapter 4 says, The word did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Verse 3, For we which have believed do enter into rest. And so when we believe, we enter into rest. In other words, when we trust God, uh, we cease from our labor. It says uh, further down in verse 11, let us labor to enter into rest uh, that any man fall after the same example of unbelief. Verse 10, for he that has entered into rest uh, has ceased from his own works as God did from his. And so when we talk about trusting God or turning your life over to him, it's, it's not even a, a fearful thing like, oh, it's going to be a lot of work. It's going to be so hard. i got to give up all these things. No, what happens is you get a brand new nature on the inside. And from that nature and that life, you have the power to live for Him. And you're set free from the old life. Your old life ceases to be. 
and your new life has begun. And that new life is united to Christ in such completeness that his very life that sustains him and animates and invigorates him flows through those that believe. And then you can just, oh, this is great. I'm living for him. If you're with us today listening to this and you've never received Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior, I want to invite you today, take a moment, think of your life, where you're at today and your trajectory. Where is your life headed? In what direction are you going? Uh, God made a way that you didn't have to be going your own way and you definitely don't have to be going the way that the enemy has planned for you. But you can turn from those and you can go the way that God has planned. His good, pleasing, and perfect will and perfect plan. He has this plan for your life that he has fashioned and he has created you to, to, to perfectly fit this. These days actually are set to perfectly fit you. And so, but you must receive him. As many as received Christ, he gave the right to be the children of God. And so it's not automatic. It's not just because he loves you. Uh, actually, because he loves you, he won't force you. Because love does not force, but love gives every opportunity, makes every uh, thing available that you could just receive it as a decision from your own heart. So you have to decide and you have to look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of faith. So the way you do that is that you believe that Jesus died on the cross to remove your sins from you and that God raised him from the dead. And when you say that, that you believe that and you say it from your heart and you take him as your Lord by confessing him saying, I take Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Uh, when you do that, the Bible says that you have a complete change of your inner person. You're made brand new, a new creature, and everything old passes away. If you want to do that, I'm going to pray in just a minute. And all you have to do is from your heart, repeat what I'm going to pray. Just say the same thing, but say it after me and let it settle in your heart and speak it from your heart. Believe it from your heart with the heart you believe and you will be saved. I'm going to pray this prayer right now. If you want to do that, just raise your hand on the online app. Or if you don't want to raise your hand on the online app, it's okay. I just ask that you make this decision. In uh, about five seconds, I'm going to uh, clap my hands. And I want you to just take that as, okay, at this moment, I'm going to decide. You, you, it's not a natural reasoning conscious thing. It's actually from your heart. You respond to your heart. Okay, more than five seconds because i got to tell you this. The way, the place that you locate your heart is where if you have to forgive someone or you know you need to forgive them the place that you actually forgive them for real not just words not just I know I should do this but no I'm gonna really do this I really mean it this is the place that you receive Jesus Christ into your being it's from your heart all right so I want you to look to your heart and see what God the Holy Spirit himself is ministering to your heart right now and don't resist him. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Yeah, uh, your whole life maybe has come together to this point. And, and don't, don't, don't let this moment slip by. Receive the love of God. The devil might put things in your mind saying like, 
oh, but you, you're going to miss out. You're gonna... No, that's a lie and it's a deception just like he lied and deceived Adam and Eve that, that he gave them the impression it's better for them to do this act against what God said. No, actually, the greatest thing is to follow what God has said and the satisfaction that you have. It's satisfying in this life and in the things of this life and even the things that the devil's tempting you with saying this is more pleasurable oh no the satisfaction god gives it goes beyond those things uh no matter what they are we'll talk we'll talk about it sometime i'll tell you uh, what the bible says about it and not only this life but for eternity yeah. that you have no regrets that you can live a life without regret without stress that you're just free all the time and full all the time and satisfied all the time this is what jesus came for that you would have this kind of life and that it would be so uh, in so uh, great a quantity that you've got more than enough that you can give it away all right i'm gonna pray uh, make a decision five four three two one all right let's pray say oh god oh god i believe that jesus christ is your son i believe that jesus christ is your son and that he died on the cross to remove my sins. And that he died on the cross to remove my sins. And I believe that you raised him from the dead. I believe that you raised him from the dead. So I could have life. So I could have life. And I could really live. And I could really live. I received Jesus Christ. I received Jesus Christ. Your son. Your son. Right now. Right now. As my Lord. As my Lord. And as my Savior. And as my Savior. Thank you. Thank you. That I am now. That I am now. Your child. Your child. My slate is totally clean. My slate is totally clean. I've got a new life. I've got a new life. That you gave me. That you gave me. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.